Hey League, um, this is just a quick podcast between myself, Mike, and Tim for a little bit. Um, just kind of going over the teams in the league, uh, mostly for Mark, just so he can kind of get introduced to the owners and their teams a little bit, how they've done in the past. Um, and we just talk about each roster just for a little while, just so we can kind of introduce Mark to what's been going on, and it's a nice little refresher for ourselves as well. Hello. What's up? Not a mucho. Today I am in phone room 1.1 eating lunch. I've conveniently covered up the sign that says, please no food or drinks. Oh, nice. That was a, that was a good move. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'd like to be the first to verbally congratulate Mark. Congrats, Mark. Welcome. Uh, hope you'll be able to hear this uh, at some point. Obviously, I'm going to be eating while we do this. As will I. Mm-hmm. But the uh, point of the podcast today is to uh, kind of introduce Mark to the league. Not super deep. Um, just kind of give him an idea of, you know, who the people, who the teams are. Um, and maybe just go up and down his roster a little bit to give him an idea of, like, you know, how uh, what was formerly known as Jack's team uh, has done in the past and what it might be looking at um, in the future, specifically this offseason. As I was microwaving my chimichangas, um, we got emails from seemingly everybody in the league. <laughs> this is the most participation we've had uh, ever. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this is a good sign uh, in the in the Mark Wolfslegel. Yeah, I agree. Mike, good, good idea. Let's have... Um, wait, no, that wasn't a good idea. Just kidding. I'm reading your brother, your brother's email. Um, so yeah, Mark, to, I'm sure you'll read the email, but yeah, so four of the people um, are... Mike and his friends, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's only three of us um, that were invited to the league by um, by you, if you include yourself, Mike. But most people are Kevin O'Brien invitees, Patrick Henry alum, and family. Um, as far as NFL fans, Mark, uh, we have three people who are primarily Bengals fans. Is that correct, Mike? Three O'Briens yes. that are primarily Bengals fans. We have a Dumay who is primarily a Cardinals fan. Is that correct? I'm going to say that's correct. Um, and we got two. Sorry, you, you Matthew Dumay. A little bit. Yeah. Did you say he was a Cards fan? Cool. Yeah. We got two Seahawks fans and myself and Tim Schwizo, who Mark, you have now ousted as the most difficult to pronounce last name. Um, <laughs> we have a Jags fan, and that is now third place and most difficult to pronounce last name, uh, Alexander Borkel. And then is Evan is Evan even a football fan? I don't even know. Or does he just destroy fantasy? 
Yeah, I believe. I'm pretty sure mm. he's a Bears fan. That would make sense, hence the other Peoria. Yeah. Um, yeah, fun, fun fact, uh, Mark. Uh, most of us have a very, uh, very close association to either Peoria, Illinois, or Peoria, Arizona. <laughs> um, so you have to kind of pick your favorite Peoria, I guess. Mm. This is gonna sound great, I bet. He's chewing chimichangas. Yeah, I've, I've heard that actually uh, chewing on food is one of the best things you can do when on radio. Or okay, podcast. perfect. Good. Did you hear that while someone was chewing food? Is it possible <laughs> that you missed the word not? Uh, that's. Yeah, that could have yeah. All right. Um, so, Mark, you will be taking over the team um, formerly owned by Matthew's father. Um, and uh, the team name is Son of a Juggernaut, which has not changed since the beginning of the league. That's one of two teams, I believe, that have not changed their names since the beginning. Oh, is that true? He's never changed his name. He's never changed his name. Um, the only one other one is my own, which has been Bush League the entire time, though I have changed the spelling of Bush from like George or the shrubbery to like the beer. Um, and I might, and I believe I changed it back again to like George. So, oh, okay. it's currently like George. Um, so yeah, Mark, you get the opportunity to be the, the last franchise to change the name if you so desire um i just want to do a quick kind of introduction to all of the teams and how they've done the past couple of years so i'm literally just going to scroll down the app it'll be a team and then mike and i will just talk about how they've done in the past like one to three years if it's relevant um so the first one is my team bush league um I think I might have the most up and down career thus far. Would you say that, Mike? Um, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. So three years ago, this would have been the second year of the, um, I'm sorry, the third year. Wow. We've been doing this a long time. Um, so <laughs> three years ago, I won the championship barely. Um, and then, Two years ago, did iffy. I think I made the playoffs and then promptly got destroyed in the first round. And then last year, I set a new record for for futility. It was uh, <laughs> like it was like John Madden, not John Madden. Wow, John Gruden was coaching my team, but actually not trying. It was really bad. Yeah, going, you know, the kind of future look for my my team is that I've got a ton of draft picks and a ton of money and no players. So it's still not great. Um, the next team is, oh, look at that. It's Mike's team, extensive celebration. So, Mike, why don't you give Mark a rundown of how you've been doing? Um, so my team has been, been very – 
middle of the pack, I would say, in this league. Um, seems like I believe all but one year I've made the playoffs, but I don't. I think I've only gotten past the first round once. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I've had a. I've been the brunt of a couple of bad contracts, not set by me. Notably, <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Morris and Randall Cobb. Um, other than that, I had one. Um, and I think this year should should show whether or not that was worth it. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'd uh, say it's a pretty good analysis. Mike's team did very well last year. Um, he wasn't the best team in the league, um, but was pretty favored going into most of his matchups, and uh, just kind of ran into a buzzsaw in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, okay, and speaking of a buzzsaw, um, <laughs> the next. The the next team on here is Foster the People Eaters. That's uh, Alexander Borkel's team. Alexander was the first new owner in the league after um, Brad had to drop out due to health reasons. Um, And Alex came in, tore down Brad's team, and promptly wrecked the league Um, (laughs) when he came in. He won in the first year. Uh, beating out the previous year's incumbent champion in the championship game. Um, and he got to the finals the next year as well, and then also lost um, in in that game. So years two and three, the previous year's champion lost in the finals. Um, Alex has been a contender the entire time, always had a good team and a good draft strategy. Um, when you look at his roster now, it's just like, wow, that's a lot of good players, man. Um, and he seemed, he seems to do that. The reason, uh, I believe it was, uh, Kevin in the email chain said to not get fleeced by, uh, Alex or Evan in trade offers is because they somehow always come out on top, even with each other, which is strange, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex is really, really good. He's got a, got a good team going forward, a little tight on cash, um, so may not be a huge player this off season, um, but that's a, a good way to model like how to be good in LFDN is look at Alex from you know his, his first year in and throughout. He's been not necessarily the best team in the league every year, but he's had a shot at winning every single year. Yeah, Alex is Alex has been a good owner. Was a good addition to the league and. Uh, unfortunately for all of us, has has done a really good job with his team. That is definitely, definitely the case. Um, And the next owner, uh, the team name is Peerless Moving Company. Um, That is uh, owned by Daniel Archer, who was obviously the person who nominated you. So I believe Daniel said that he's shown you his team already and kind of shown you how how, uh, LFDN works. as far as history of Daniel's team, I think, Mike, you can kind of correct me on this, but I feel like Daniel's legacy has been very similar to yours, like rarely misses the playoffs and uh, is a contender up through the trade deadline every single year. Um, hasn't really had a dominant season, but he's never out of it in week 10 either. Yeah, for sure. And and again, like Mark probably needs no um... – no primer on like how Daniel is in a fantasy league, but I've loved having Daniel in the league. Um, he's always really, um, 
I don't know. He's a good contender, even though, like you said, he's never had a dominant year. I feel like he's always making a push toward the playoffs um, and usually makes one or two, tries to make one or two big moves uh, in order to do so. So, yeah, Daniel has been right around the middle of the pack with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, as far as fun to have in a fantasy league, if you base the way that you play fantasy off of off of Daniel, which I assume that Mark, you know, just since they participate in um, shared leagues so much, um, that'll be similar. And, you know, Mark, you'll, you'll fit right in, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, the next team, as I scroll, is Penniless Sad Face. This is Tim Schwizo's team. Um, one, he changes his name far too often. Uh, that is, that's the worst thing about Tim being an owner. Um, and, and again, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had Tim win in year number one. He just trounced everybody. And then, uh, in year two also did very well and just lost Alexander in the, in the championship. Tim is always a contender. Um, I put him as far as like success level, same same level as Alex. Like, it's scary to trade with him um, because if you think you have a deal that you like, you have to ask yourself, wait, what do they like about this deal? Um, great, uh, great participation will entertain trade offers and very, very knowledgeable, even though he's bouncing, getting married, and being in grad school and, you know, all the things that matter in real life. Um, and uh, was the second guy to interview you outside of myself and um, and Michael. Um, yeah, solid, solid team. Good guy to talk, talk fantasy with. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to have a, a long trade negotiation, there's there's the one for you. Yeah, I, I might say Tim has even had more success than Alexander in this league, but not by a lot. But I would say Tim, Tim, you know, he's right up there with Evan as far as. Um, like how many wins he's had and how many points he scores. Um, I, I think he had like one tank year, um, but overall, yeah, he's he's never a team that you want to play at any point in the season. Um, he always has a really good squad that somehow he cobbles together like right at the last minute. Um, mm-hmm. Tim Tim will go through phases where he uh, like doesn't pay attention to football for four months, and then all of a sudden like lives and breathes football. I'm not really sure how he does that, but um, the the amount of information that man can pack into his brain is uh, absolutely incredible to me. And I don't, I don't get it at all. Um, But it really shows in the fact that, yeah, he can go four months without knowing anything about football. Listen to, listen to five podcasts, read an article and there, there he goes. He's, you know, as knowledgeable as anybody else. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how that works, but the one thing, just so uh, so Mark knows, the one thing you can try <clears throat> try to exploit is Tim is a lifelong Seahawks fan, um, <laughs> and will at least two or three Seahawks on his roster. So if you happen to have one, you can try shopping that to Tim. That is a good point, and uh, it's not like we're giving that away. Tim knows that, and uh, I think he would rather rather just have Seahawks on his fantasy team, so that when the Seahawks do well, he can also cheer for his fantasy team rather than maybe having to cheer against the Seahawks. 
It's a true fan. Exactly. Unlike myself. I, I want the Seahawks to win, but I think I would trade an LFTN championship for a shot at a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, the next team is uh, robbed and protesting. There's a story behind <laughs> behind there, which we <laughs> hope to fit, <laughs> which we hope to fix this year. Um, here, Mike, you can tell that story. I've got some food to eat. Yeah. So, Mark, I'm not sure if you've ever used the MFL auction platform, but obviously it does have uh, some kinks that we hope either get worked out or um, cause us to find another platform. Anyway, uh, last year there was a little bit of a mix-up during one of those uh, kinks, and um, yeah, uh, Basically, two people bid on a receiver. Both people thought they won that receiver, namely Antonio Brown. Um, and then about four picks later, uh, we, we realized that, you know, <laughs> what was going on. So we had to run back through and rebid on those players that were, that were won um, after that, after Antonio Brown went. Um, and <laughs> uh, the, the previous owner of your team actually um, did end up changing his mind on one of those players. Um, this negatively affected my brother, uh, and his team name ever since has been robbed in protesting. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's probably the short version of that. Yeah, that was a very good dip- diplomatic way to explain that. Um, being being commissioner at the time and trying to handle that on on the phone um, was difficult at best. I mean, looking, looking back, I I definitely could have done better at handling that, but even still, other than starting the entire draft over, which would have been even worse um, at the time, I don't know if there was a way to solve that when the computer shows two people have the same player. Like I don't, uh, I didn't uh, necessarily know how to fix that. So definitely that was rough. rough and uh, I appreciate the team name being robbed and protesting. Um, very uh, pertinent, I guess. Um, but about, uh, about Kevin's team, um, he's been, I'd say, I don't know, a tier to half a tier beneath um, like Mike and Daniels where he's, contending um on a fairly regular basis um just usually at the lower positions you know like in between fifth place and sixth place you know maybe up to third fourth whereas mike and daniel have usually you know by week 11 12 something like that like still have a shot at a number one seed um that's just kind of my cursory overview like do you feel anything differently on that mike no, I think you pretty much nailed it. I mean, I, I believe the more the more kids he has had, the uh, slightly worse he's done in fantasy. So, oh. um, mm-hmm. with his fourth son on the way, you can probably count on him being towards the bottom of the of the league this year. Perfect, perfect. Okay, cool. And then he's gonna hand off the reins to his eldest, right? And they'll start start all over again. Right. Yeah. Caleb okay. does not have any kids that I know of yet. So. I would hope not, since he is like six. 
All right. Um, so the next team is Slogenhofer, um, which, to my knowledge, is not a word. <laughs> um, Where did they though... come from again? Oh, hey, Tim. Hey, um, I, I jumped on a little bit ago. Uh, <laughs> I have a few minutes before class starts, so I thought, eh, why not? Nice. Um, I have no idea where Slogenhofer came from, though yeah, all of all of exact. my computers believe Slogenhofer is a word now <laughs> due to oh. my uh, power ranking writing. So, Mark, what you'll see is coming during the season, it's, which I believe I'll have time to do this year based on the difference in my employment versus the last couple of years. Um, I try to write a power rankings um, once a week. Um, pretty much detailing what happened the week before and like why I think the team should be ranked the way they are and maybe try to add a, a fun theme. Uh, my best one ever was last, last year I wrote an entire power rankings uh, comparing each team to a golfer from like 2009. Nobody hates uh, Y.E. Yang. That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> best piece of literature I've ever written. <laughs> and nobody does debate Y.E. What? What piece of literature have I written do you think is better than Nobody Hates Y.E. Yang? Maybe all of the power rankings that didn't have to do with golf. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just wrong. <laughs> okay, so about, um, about Bob's team. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Bob O'Brien's team. Uh, I think, and you guys can offer your opinion on this, but Bob's been slightly better than Kevin. Um, I think his legacy is in the, like, in that he doesn't trade, like, ever. Um, yep. Except and... when he hoses me. That's it. <laughs> well, that's fine. Um, I know. Uh, yeah, so he, he doesn't trade much, but usually pretty active in the free agent market. And honestly, does a pretty good job um, drafting a fairly solid team. I don't think we've seen him with something, like, mega dominant before, but I don't think I've you know, had a time where he's clearly out of the playoff race by Thanksgiving. He's like always one game above 500. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good, you know, really good way to put it. Um, you know, Detroit lions I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like Bob's, you know, always, you, <laughs> you might always lose to Bob if that makes sense um, on any given week. Um <laughs> And yeah, good uh, good participant in the league. Um, you know, he's probably the most likely to have random things like being out of the country, um, like he was for this vote. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, really, really good good league member, good participant, and um, yeah, been a solid contender throughout. In fact, I think he's probably tied for with Mike and maybe Tim uh, for only having missed the playoffs once. Um, he seems He's to always also the, see the senior statesman in our group. That is correct. He is now the the uh, the senior statesman, <laughs> if you will, by a bit of a margin. I think a little bit of like at least what twenty five years. Yeah, um, yeah. The next one is I'm going to skip Son of a Juggernaut for now. We'll come back to that at the end. Next one is the Hurt Locker. L-A-C-H-E-R. This is Evan Smith's team. Um, and 
especially recently, this is the one that should be called the juggernaut. Um, yeah, you guys can talk about Evan's team. It's ridiculous. Evan is the guy that has won the last two seasons, and we all really, really want to take him down. And, like, I don't even have much of a leg to stand on because I'm the one he beat in the championship this year, and it, like... I'm pretty sure he had 50% more points than me in that game, too. Like, it was a total beatdown. And he just, it, it all, like, he's done a really good job of managing his team, um, picking up, you know. I, I feel like if there's a chance a guy's going to hit it big, Evan knows which guys are going to hit it big. Like, I think he traded for, was it three first-round picks, like late first-round picks, early second? And he snagged Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, and who was the other one? Yeah, he had a, he, he had a top round pick and uh, got Dalvin Cook. Yeah, exactly, and Dalvin Cook. That's right. So he maybe a mid pick, mid to early, got Dalvin Cook, and then the other two all in the same rookie draft. And so he immediately went from being, I think, at the time, like you know, borderline contender to holy crap, this guy just became he's going to wipe us all out just because, like, all of those picks hit. And then he complimented the rest of his team really well because he had a whole bunch of cheap RB1s. Yeah, no, so. that's that's exactly what happened. Um, so the year before that draft, Evan had probably the most unlucky fantasy season I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he was the second highest scorer and finished below 500 and missed the playoffs. <laughs> Was he the second highest? I thought he was like the fourth highest. But he, still. he was like he was in a really good division um, yeah. and just lost all the all the wrong games and uh, somehow missed missed the playoffs. Even, even though he had a good team and then did a really good job trading around in the offseason, ended up with Kamara, Hunt, and Dalvin Cook all in the same draft and. The rest is history. He's won the last two championships running away. Yeah. So that's how to do fantasy football. Do that. Um, Let's see. Next one is Up in Smoke. That is Matthew Dumay's team. Uh, In my opinion, Matthew has been Mr. Receiver. Can we call him Wide Receiver Man. Absolutely. Worst superhero ever, wide receiver man. <laughs> is it worse than Optimist Prime? Op- Optimist Prime is at least cool to be around. <laughs> I feel like things are always on the up and up, glass half full type of thing with him. Exactly. Um, so Matthew's team is based complete, not completely, 98% around his ridiculous wide receivers. Um, he's had Julio Jones for the last three years i believe um he was the one who drafted odell beckham he drafted tyreek hill and now also has Devontae adams on his team um so yeah, i'm just like scrolling, i'm scrolling through his roster and it's just comical how good his wide receivers are and I don't think he drafted Odell Beckham. I think that he got him for like a first round pick, didn't he? I don't know. He has him. Or something. He's had him for a while at least. Yeah. Um so obviously like Matthew's going to be having troubles with uh with paying all these all these players soon. However, um at the moment Hey guys, he's I've got a class, but uh, good talking for a bit. 
Yeah, right, you peace. too. See ya. See ya. Bye. Mike, what do you think of the future of Matthew's team? Like, is this a a team that, you know, like hit its peak and missed, you know, like the early Andrew Luck Colts or are, like, is he still on his way up and can he, um, you know, is he, is he, is he someone we have to watch out for like next year? I think he's just perpetually uh, <clears throat> going to experience the same thing he has, which I, I don't really even know how to describe it. Like he always has these crazy receivers um, and then doesn't really win that much with them, um, which doesn't make sense to me because you play, I mean, you could play five receivers in this league and half point per reception would, would suggest that Matthew's team is perfectly built, but um, it, it may be looking a little bit up now that he has Saquon Barkley, the Superman on his team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, still though, I don't, I don't know. I, like Matt, I never want to look at Matthew's roster and say, man, like I, I want to play that team, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just hasn't had the greatest of luck. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, the results Matthew's had, um, I have a bit to, like, I think are more contributed to luck than attributed to luck than um, bad luck. That is than maybe others because you look at his roster and you're like, yeah, heck no, I don't want to play him. Like he can have three players combined for 110, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and I know last year was a story of ups and downs, you know, where he would be the lowest score one week and the highest score the next week. Um, and, you know, I think that's just kind of how that will go. That can definitely win you the, win you the championship. Um, but it's not a very standard roster for that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Mark's team for a little bit. And it's kind of the legacy of son of a juggernaut here. Um, do you have the rosters pulled up, Mike? I do. Yeah. Okay. So son of a juggernaut has, has he, has son of a juggernaut been the least successful team in the league? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though some, though rarely finishes last. Um, I think we've seen Sano Jagadan have some better seasons for, for that team, but I don't think we've ever had, um, we never had Jack come and come within like, a, I don't think he was scaring anybody that was at the top. Right. You know, whereas if you have Math- Matthew's team sitting below you, you're like, oh, crap, like, I really don't want to play him in the playoffs because I might get blown out, right? Um, right? So I think that's kind of the legacy of this team, like, has, def- has made it to the playoffs, like, what, two, three times? Um, not, the, not a perpetual bottom feeder on the le- in, in the league, but hasn't been able to take a uh, not-so-good season, turn that into at assets and cash going forward and then translate that into a, um, you know, a co-equally successful season afterwards. Um, kind of like, you know, for example, like Evan did, I think that was a little out, out of proportion, like barely missing the playoffs and then becoming awesome. Um, but, you know, so I think what we haven't seen from Son of a Juggernaut was those down, 
down years translating translating that into a lineup of players that can make you contend all year, um, whether that's the next year or the year after that down the line. Right. Yeah. Um, so what's going on in his roster right now? We've got um, uh, a dearth. Is that no? That's not the right word. A plethora of quarterbacks, um, all cheap, all fairly good um, scoring wise. Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, all under ten what? ten bucks. Looks like he should be losing Prescott, though. Correct, which should not be a big deal with having Carr and Matt Ryan both on a cheap contract. And then Mike and I actually had a good discussion about um, quarterbacks in this league, probably middle of the year last year. Um, I believe it's in the title of one of our um, episodes, if you scroll back, about how the importance of the quarterback position is played down. Um, And we've been, it shows based on how much we've been paying them. Um, recently, how that's gone down. If you see quarterbacks who signed deals in our league three years ago, you know you see Aaron Rodgers and fifty-five, sixty, seventy dollars, something like that. Um, and now, you know, you see Matt Ryan for two years, six bucks. Um, not because nobody thinks he's good, but because people are spending their money elsewhere. Um, so I think that's a f- fine quarterback area he's got. Um, on his roster. The running backs, however, are a different story. Uh, the good, he's got Aaron Jones on an awesome deal. Two more years, so just for next year, $18. So that'll probably need to be extended. That's my opinion. Um, and Mark, again, if you have questions about how the rules work, ask Daniel. He's an expert. Ask, ask me. Um, I can find that stuff for you as well. Um, but the he also has the behemoth contract of the league right now, which you know usually belongs to Mike, but uh, it belongs to Jack now. Uh, he'll he'll trade it to me eventually. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, so that is Tevin Coleman. He's he's got five years left. Um, keep in mind this is the rosters from the 2018 season, so it'll be um, the 2019, 2021. 20, 22 seasons um so it's four years from now um the five years from this last year starting at 53.90 so this is going to get really expensive real quick um going to be taking up almost 10 percent of the cap next year um and like mike what would you you know without trying to tell mark exactly what to do What's your kind of thought process since you have experience with behemoth contracts? Um, yeah. What do you do? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, maybe stepping back a minute and <clears throat> just taking a bird's eye, um, I would recommend doing exactly what Alexander did when he came in, which was basically like because he had no emotional connection to any of the players on his roster that he inherited, mm-hmm. um, he, he was he was able to make cuts and trades that maybe a different owner who had actually accumulated those players himself would not have done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend to Mark, like identify the players you want to build around. You know, you, you see Baker Mayfield, you've got Cooper cup, um, you know, a couple other, maybe Darius Geis mm-hmm. um, and, and take those players and like make those the foundation of your team and everything else. Like, just see it as what it is, which is disposable. Like 
you know, try as hard as you can to make this year a, you know, a winning year for you. But if, you know, if that isn't realistic until next year, that's okay. Because, I mean, you really do have a lot of pieces to build with. You just, the, the, this particular team has a lot of multi-year uh, contract so there's a lot of money tied up whether you know um whether you can can you can't really get rid of that money unless you're able to trade it out <laughs> yep that's a that's a good point is like getting out of multi-year deals is very difficult um and even if you do shed all that contract money going and lay, laying it out in the free agent draft isn't necessarily the best thing ever so i or either. So for example, was my team in this position last year, I'd come off of a year just like Jack, where I was like kind of in contention for the bottom of the playoffs, but not really, you know, and um, I did make the playoffs, which is, you know, fine. And I had a lot of money on my books um, or a lot of money that came off my books and I spent it all in the free agent draft on LaShawn McCoy and Le'Veon Bell. So obviously that didn't go well. And, you know, uh, I had a terrible team. I won zero games, uh, of course. And anytime I had someone who had a good couple of weeks and increased their trade value, I'd trade them, trade them again. So now I'm in kind of a similar situation now for my team. I have a ton of cap room and no players <laughs> and a bunch of picks, um, uh, a bunch of rookie picks, that is. And that may or may not be good. Like I might have an Evan like draft and where I find the next Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook. But uh but I but I might not. So while I agree with you, Mike, like teardown is is a good idea. Money cap room doesn't equal success. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. You gotta get the players. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And like we talked about in the interview too, like some of it's luck. You know, like Evan obviously thought Alvin Kamara was going to be good. I doubt he thought he would be that good. Um, other than that, on Jack's team, he's got a decent amount of cap room to make some plays in the free agent draft. Um, and right now, I am actually going to go see what his draft situation is like. Um I can, that is. Um, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I can't figure it out on the app. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Mark, so that's kind of a, a preview of the league. Uh, your team got kind of our perspectives on that. Again, you're going to have questions about uh, what's going on with the contracts, you know, like, what does it mean if I cut this person now? And, you know, what does it mean if I, you know, wait a month until we start the new league year, all that kind of stuff. Email me those questions. I can answer them. Uh, Daniel's very knowledgeable. He understands what's going on since he commit commissioners, a league very similar to this one in the same platform. Um, and yeah, he can definitely help you out there. Uh, Mike, anything else to add? I think that's it. And by the time he's listening to this, um, there will probably be an email out with all of the coming uh, parts of the league. So yeah, pay attention yep. to that. Yep, that's correct. Um, that email will probably come out right at the same time uh, that I'm 
releasing this. That'll be uh, this evening, uh, I believe, what's the date today? The 23rd. Um, yeah, probably right, right about then. Um, and yeah, Mark, again, you'll have questions. Ask them. It's better than just not knowing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll uh, talk to talk to you later, Mike. Uh, league members, I'll be e- emailing you tonight. All right. Farewell, all. Congratulations, Mark. Congrats, Mark.